chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, and if you're glad you know who the Lord is, say amen. amen. And I'm glad not only do I know who he is, but I, I know how much he loves us, amen. I'm thankful for his love, for his grace. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, stand with me if you're able this morning. I want to read a little bit lengthy of a passage of scripture tonight, this morning. I'd like to read uh, the bulk of this chapter here up through verse 28, and so a little bit longer, but the value of life is, is the title of the message, and so you need to go to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let, it the, dry, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night until divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God, created whale, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Let's go ahead and finish out this chapter. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning 
or the sixth day. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for what this chapter of Scripture gives us. It gives us a glimpse into the past, a glimpse into that moment when you spoke a word and began to form this world. And Lord, I'm thankful that this book from cover to cover tells us not only how you made us, but in the end it tells us where we can spend all of eternity. Lord, in between, it lifts up the Lord Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on Calvary that we might be saved. Lord, I pray this morning as we think about the value of life and the one who gave it, gave it to us, I pray that we would be reminded of who has given us life, who has, stewarded it, who has given it to us to steward, and or that we would value it. Lord, that we would trust our Lord this morning. We love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This passage of Scripture, God gives us a glimpse into the past and lets us see that moment, uh, those moments when He would begin to speak this world into existence. Of course, in Hebrews, the Lord says, by faith, uh, by faith we believe the worlds were formed. We, we, this is a step of faith. We trust God. Matter of fact, no matter what you believe about where this world came from, it's going to require faith because nobody was there in the first place, right? Only God was there. And contrary to what this world often tries to give us the implication that they can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that it all, that something came out of nothing and exploded into something more, nobody was there. I think when you look at creation and you look out the door and you see the order of it and the nature of it and the design of it and the detail of it, it all makes a demand. There was someone there who designed it all. Uh, I've never seen order come out of chaos, you know, and God, God spoke this world into existence and lets us see that and lets us get a glimpse of it. I think about when I think about life, I think of inc- how incredibly precious it is. I've been there when each of my five children were born and been there when one left this world behind and, or when one was born not with us. And I've been there and held those children there. And I think of the value and the incredible value of life. How precious it is. When you look at it, there's no question there's something inside of us when you hold that little baby, how precious life is. Why so precious? Why so valuable? Well, friend, because of the one who gave it to us this morning. Because of the one who has created and designed it and made us. And I want to look at this morning just the value of life. It seems like in our world it's become cheap, doesn't it, sometimes? When you look at it as a whole, it seems cheap and seems like something to be cast aside. Others who are overwhelmed by it. Because there's no doubt that with, with life comes responsibility. In this passage of Scripture, we see the Lord as He made and formed Adam and Eve. He gave them dominion over the earth to steward it, to care for it. And with life comes incredible responsibility. And I think of those who see the responsibility of life and as a result see those things ahead as a greater weight than the life that they have. And they take a life. But this passage of Scripture and some others that I will read will remind us of the incredible value of life and why it's so valuable. Life is valuable. We see the value of life. It's seen in a creator. Verse 26, it says this, And God said, let us make man in our what? Image. God didn't say that about the fish of the sea or the fowl of the air or those animals that walked upon the earth, did he? He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. We see the value of a life from the one that created us. Who is the us? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, as the Lord said, let us make man in our image. When God made us, when He made man, He made something special there. He he made the fowls of the the air, the fish of the sea. He made those animals that would walk upon the earth. But when He came to man, He said, I want something that is made in my image. He made us eternal, didn't He? There's an eternity to man. We have a starting date, but there is an eternity that lies before a man. I think about the nature and why do we love? Why does man love? Well, because God loved. God is love. We are made in His image. Why do we have the emotions and experience those emotions of life? Because we are made in His image. 
If you read the scripture, you'll see that God is a God of emotion. There was times when he was angry. <laughs> so times when he was disappointed with his people. There was times of joy. There's things that can please him, things that displease him. Love that he experiences. We were made in his image. No other creature made like him. Made of eternal value. We were made like him. The creator made above creation. Everything else he put under the dominion of man. He said, fellas, you, you keep all of these things, but he said, but you're over it all, he would say to Adam and Eve. I think of how he was made to walk with God. Skip ahead to chapter 3, and just after sin entered into the world, we see what was the habit of God in this time he would spend with man. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And Lord God said unto Adam and, and said unto him, Where art thou? God made man to be social. He made it when, as a matter of fact, before he gave him a wife in Eve, he said it's not good for a man to be alone. And he, he gave him a wife in Eve and so that he could walk with her and sp speak with her. But he would come and he would walk with man in the cool of the day. Made in his image, made by the creator, made to fellowship with him, made to walk with him. Life is incredibly valuable because of the one who created it. The one who created it. And I think of this as, as we look to this, I, the one who created it, I, I think of how he sustains it as well. Colossians reminds us that not only did he make all things, but he sustains all things. There's some, I think of Miss Gwynn and the, ministry, and the ministry there, that opportunity to give, help give some direction. There is a God who supplies, isn't there? The Lord would tell him to go forth and be fruitful and multiply. We live in a world when it's almost saying the opposite. You can't provide for it. You can't provide for a child. I think of Hagar. Remember Hagar? Abraham and Hagar, Hagar and the horrible mistake they made. And God would even, Abraham and, and uh, they would cast him out. Abraham and Sarah would cast her out. And yet there she was prepared to die and God intervened, didn't he? He provided for her. I think of those in the world. To say, don't have, don't, we can't have too many, we'll overpopulate this earth. <laughs> Can I tell you something, friend? God, in this passage of Scripture we read this morning, said, go forth and multiply. God has as much provision in this world as His people needs. This world is preoccupied by death. They're preoccupied by death because they're under the prince and power of the air in this world. The hope is the gospel. Matter of fact, the Lord would say this, if you skip ahead to Genesis chapter, chapter 7, the very last, or Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it's the very last verse of that chapter. The Lord would give this incredible promise. Matter of fact, he said in verse 21, the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. This is God's promise after he flooded the earth. Verse 22, while, all, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not what? Cease. Well, there's yourself a promise, friend. Seed time and harvest, it's all going to keep going until God brings it to an end. This world will tell you the climate's going to change, the world's going to fall apart because there's too many people here using too many things. They'll tell you there's not enough resources if you bring a child in, and yet God is not a God of endings. God is a God of beginnings. 
even in what we see as a physical death in this life, there's an eternity beyond it. The devil would bring death and destruction in it, but God is a God of life and supply. We see it in our Creator. Life has value because of our Creator. Made in His image, made in His image to to reflect the Lord, to walk with the Lord, given, given dominion over all the earth. Life is valuable. Every life that comes into this world is valuable. It was made in His image. Every child. Friend, you were made in the image of God, made to walk with God. Friend, it's not by accident that you came into this world. It's not by chance. God had a purpose and a plan. There's a creator. We've seen value in life in a creator. We see value in life in a redeemer. You look at chapter 3, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surly die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. They sinned. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. God would tell them, you can have everything in the garden, but don't eat of that tree. What was God doing? He was giving them a choice. Love is always accompanied with choice, isn't it? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, or that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God made and created Adam and Eve and put them in a perfect environment, in a perfect place, and gave them a choice. You can walk with me every day and enjoy the fellowship of the garden and eat of everything, but don't eat of that tree because the day that you eat of that tree, you'll surely die. You'll be separated from all, from me for all of eternity. In this world will come everything that God is not. God is holy, sin would enter. God brings forth joy and, and heartache would enter. Uh, God had brought the pleasures of life into this world there in the garden and the beauty of it, and yet heartache and destruction would enter into this world. And in that day, Adam and Eve looked at the tree, and the serpent Satan came to the tree and tempted them and say, you'll be as God. You will determine what is right and wrong, not God. Eat of the tree. And she would take of the tree, and sin would enter the world in death by sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every man a sinner. David would say it in iniquity was he conceived. He was a sinner when he was conceived because his parents before him was a sinner. And we're sinners by birth and by nature and we're sinners by choice in the way we live. And with it, all of its heartaches, all of its regrets, all of its misery, all of its disease, all of its destruction. You need to read no further than chapter 3 to see the reason for All the heartache of life. Sin. Sin. But if you look at verse 15, as the Lord rebuked the serpent, Satan, he said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The first prophecy of a coming Redeemer. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, 
And between thy seed and her seed, the seed, of a, the seed for a child's birth comes from the man, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. What was that seed of a woman? Well, it was the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, no earthly father, a redeemer. 1 Peter 1, 18 through 18 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. What does he say? He goes, Before the foundation of the world, the Lord had a redeemer. Before Adam and Eve even made the decision to eat of that tree, God had a redeemer planned. Here in this passage of scripture, he would give us that first prophecy of the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the value of life is seen in a creator, but the value of life is seen in a redeemer, one who had come to this earth to die for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. But God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ what? Died for us. For it is certain that every man is a sinner. There is no denying that. It is certain that there is a penalty for sin for the wages of sin is death. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the sorcerers and the whoremongers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part which in the lake of fire, which burneth, and which is the second death. What does God tell us? It is certain every man is a sinner. It is certain that there is a penalty for sin, but it is certain that God has sent a redeemer and that he had a plan from the very beginning. And we see the incredible value in life that God would plan to redeem that which would reject him. I think of Peter as the Lord was taken. He would deny his Lord. The Bible said he would blaspheme his Lord and he would betray his Lord. And yet God still loved him enough to die for him. God would make us, created us, create us, form us and give it all. And yet when we rejected him and when we turn from him and when we neglect him, God still loves us. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't matter what your history is. There's a God who died for that history. There is a God who loved you so much that he said, I know you're a sinner and I don't want you to go to hell. So I'm going to send my own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sin. The Lord would say, let us make man in our image. Who is this us? God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, God, the son, knowing as he that man was made that he would one day go to the cross for man. Trade, die on that cross, and rise again three days later that you and I might be saved. You want to know the value of life? That God, that God would send a redeemer for us. Even those who would reject him, the Lord came for. That's an incredible thing. That God would die for the sins of the world. He wasn't selective in who could be saved. I hate to disappoint you if that's where you're at today, but God is not selective in who he will save. He's not chosen who will and who will not. He gives the choice in your hand for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He died for all. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
Lord said, salvation is yours. I'll give you a home in heaven. I'll make you my child. But you have to make the decision. Adam and Eve, you can walk with me in the cool of the day every day. But there's a tree. You have to make the decision. Folks, there's a redeemer. But you have to make the decision. The value of life. We have a creator. It's seen in a creation where we came from the redeemer who would die for us. How about this? It's seen, the value is seen in a sovereign Lord. I like Colossians 1, 16 through 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and what? For him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Friend, we were made by him and for him. The sovereignty of God. Friend, there is nobody that walks this face of the earth that God did not personally design. I like that there's, I think of how God made us one of a kind, didn't he? Your fingerprint. Everybody's got a different fingerprint, don't they? God made us one of a kind. There was a sovereign God who said, I'm going to make people. He makes us one of a kind. Certain things in life God gives us no choice about. How about the parents you have? Nobody chooses that, do they? Nobody goes and say, what parents do you want to have? God gives us the parents that we have. How about the amount of brothers and sisters? I have three brothers and five sisters, and God gave me no choice in the matter. <laughs> Hmm, one of them's here. We'll see. Uh, no choice in the matter. How many or how little or whether you have none at all. God gave us no choice in the matter, did he? Like them or don't like them. You don't really have a choice, right? You can choose your friends, but you're not choosing your siblings. How about this? Your race. We don't choose that. Our, we don't choose our color, do we? There's a God who chose that. There's a God who made us one of a kind. He chooses our parents. He chooses our siblings. He chooses our, our race. He chooses our, our physical and mental capacities, doesn't he? You didn't choose whether how smart you were or the lack thereof. Now, you can build and grow through education upon what you have, but God gave you the physical capabilities you have, and you had no choice in the matter. If you feel you're smart, don't take too much credit for it. <laughs> And if you feel you're not, we'll be thankful for what God gave you, right? <laughs> because there's someone who determined that for us. There's a God who decided that. If you feel like you're good looking or ugly, just be thankful for what you got. <laughs> because there is a God who chooses that for us, isn't there? No choice in the matter. Your time in history. And if you decide when you were born or where you would be born, nobody chooses that. God chooses that. I think of Esther when she would be told, maybe it's for such a time as this. And I can promise you this, for such a time as this, God puts you here. He determined that. He determined our time. He determined your gender. Male and female made he them. Contrary to what the world says, you came in here male or female and you're leaving here male or female, friend. And you can mutilate your body, but it won't change the fact. Male and female, one or the other. God determines that you don't get a choice in it. You can cut your body up and mutilate it, but you cannot change the way God made you. You cannot change it. 
the order in your family. I don't know if you're first, second, third, fourth, or my youngest sister is ninth, all right? My older brother has 11. He's a little crazy, all right? Or number 11, you don't choose that. Aging, we don't choose that. We don't choose how old we are. Hey, friend, the time we leave this world is a time appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. It's a certainty. What is it? See, in the sovereignty of God, we see the fingerprint of God upon every life. The fact that we are so different is what shows there is a wonderful creator. That God takes us and makes us and creates us and gives us different families and different times in history and different physical and mental capacities and and gives us different times in history and makes us and shapes us. But there is a God who is behind every bit of it. Rejoice in the way God made you because he made you with a purpose. It was said to Jeremiah, the prophet, in the book of Jeremiah, it was said this. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Can I tell you, friend, regardless of the circumstance of regardless of the circumstance of conception, every life has the fingerprint of God upon it. Every life. Regardless of. What circumstance that child was conceived and whatever lies ahead of that child in their life, whether it is difficulty or or privilege or blessing, every child has the fingerprint of God upon it. We recognize this. The value of life is seen in a creator. It is seen in a redeemer. It is seen in a sovereign God. We live in a world that determines value based upon maybe what a person possesses or how smart they are or the family in which they were born. Royalty always drives me crazy, right? I look at England sometimes and like, those guys didn't do anything but were born and they had no control over that, right? Hey, but the fingerprint of God upon every life, the value of life, it's seen in a redeemer, it's seen in a creator, it's Seen in the sovereign God. Friend, it's seen in a shepherd. Psalms 23, you know the verses. Some of you could probably quote them. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friend, it's seen in a shepherd. Think of that for a moment. That there's a God who made us. There's a God who redeemed us. There's a sovereign God who made us exactly as we are. And there's a God who wants to go through life with us. A shepherd. In Psalms, the Psalms would say this in Psalms 8, 3 through 9. When I consider the heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, 
all sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Psalms, this would, I picture him, I picture David, if you will. Maybe it's one of those nights in his youth and he's looking up or he's looking back at one of those nights in his youth as he tended the sheep of his father and the sky is clear. It's hard. You have to get out of Columbus to see that, all right? You got to get out of the Columbus and go out into the country and look up at a clear night sky and look at the vastness of it. And even the vastness that you can see at that night pales in comparison to the true vastness that you might see as maybe someone peers through a telescope. But even beyond what we can even see with our eyes, the heavens go on and on and on. And I picture the shepherd staring up into heaven and looking up in there and saying, what is, mine, what is man that thou art mindful of him that you have taken notice of me? Have you ever stood at the, maybe been to some, see some, one of the natural wonders of the world, the Grand Canyon, Yosemite, or any of those places and stand out at it and see the beauty of it and realize how small I am? You ever stand on the coast and look out at the ocean and the vastness of it? What is man? Thou art mindful of him. And yet, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou with me. The one who made all of that stepped out of eternity, died on a cross, rose again three days later that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and has promised us this, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will go through every trial with you. I will go through every blessing with you. I will guide you through every circumstance. I think of a child, no matter the circumstances unto which they are born, they can have a shepherd who will go with them. Who will go with them. I think of the, the folks of Scripture, and I tell you what, you ever read the book of Kings, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles? You see good kings and bad kings. If you read that chapter, you will read some of the worst of kings were sons of the greatest of kings. And some of the best of kings were sons of the most evil of kings. I think of Jephthah, a judge of Israel, who was illegitimate in his birth. Oh, well, we would see it. Yet God would use him to be a judge in this world. Regardless of the circumstance of conception, friend, there is a shepherd. There is a God who has put his fingerprint on every single life. And values every single life. And has promised that whosoever would put their trust in him could have a home in heaven. And he will walk with them through every single circumstance of life because he loves them. The value of life. We see it in a creator. We see it in a redeemer. And we see it in a sovereign God. We see it in a shepherd. And we see it in an eternal home. John 13, 36 through chapter 14 and verse 4. I read these verses at the services for little Sadie Mae for the Millers this week. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now. He would one day, but not at that moment. But thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. 
in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. The value of life is seen in an eternal place that God has prepared. He's gone to build a place for us. I was thinking of this week for the Millers. I was thinking of it in my own home and family. As we, uh, as we lost one another, Silas, earlier this year, born that, and actually he should be up here today for our baby dedication, but he's not. God took him home. You know, friend, we, it's hard to explain why. We looked at this the other day, but we do know where. We do know where. Friend, it is hard to explain why, but we do know with who. It is hard to explain why, friend, but we know soon we'll see him. One day he's coming again, amen? The Lord's coming again. And I know this, it's hard to explain why, but we know how. He's not left us comfortless, has he? The value of life. Friend, if you could take everything that people think of value in this world and put it in one big pile, it would not compare at all to what God thinks of one soul. All of its wealth, all of its treasures, all of its knowledge would not compare to the value of one soul. Everything else God put under the foot of that one soul to have dominion over. Friend, the value of life. There is a creator, there is a redeemer. There is a sovereign God who's put his fingerprint on every single life here and every child ever conceived. There is a, there is a sovereign God who makes us different. There is a shepherd. Shepherd that will walk through life with you, guide you through life, provide for you. I like that verse. He prepares a table before us in the presence of the, our enemies. He'll provide. And friend, there is value seen in eternal home. An eternal home. For those who know him, you say, why? Why share the gospel? Because there's still a choice to be made, isn't it? This world comes to places. Those who don't know a creator, they wonder how that child could ever be provided for. Whole nations develop policies. I think of China's policy for a long time. One child. Worried that this world might run out of resources to provide for the child that God created. This world who doesn't know a creator questions provision. But those who know a creator don't doubt his ability to provide. This world doesn't know a redeemer. But we know one who loved us so much that he died for all of us. Every soul loved this world may not understand a sovereign God. And so they put greater value or lesser value on a person based upon their talent, income, or abilities. But God says, I put my finger on every single life. I've touched everyone. A shepherd. This world fears how it will make it through life. But there is a shepherd who walks us through. Friend, there is certainly eternal home. 
This world tries to squeeze out the pleasures of the temporal and, and sacrifice the eternal. But those of us who know the Lord know something. There's somewhere coming that's a whole lot better than anything we have down here. The value of life. Friend, number one, don't waste yours. Number two, love someone else's. <laughs> whether it's a child that someone needs to intervene in, whether it's a lost person who needs the gospel, love others. Because there is nothing more valuable in this world than life. I'm thankful for a merciful God. It's right to Life Sunday. Maybe there's someone here that has had an abortion. Be thankful for a merciful God. David was a murderer. Took Uriah's life. Moses, friend, in case you didn't know it, was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. Took Christians and purged, delivered them unto death. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Nothing. Lean on the mercy of God. Trust in the mercy of God. Go back to what he says about the value of life. It's incredibly valuable. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, I love you. I'm thankful for a very, very merciful God. I'm thankful that we have a creator. We have a redeemer. We have a sovereign God. We have a shepherd. Lord, we have a home, an eternal home. The incredible value that each and every life has, for that we thank you. Lord, let us not waste our own. Let us live for our Lord. Let us live for your honor and your glory. Let us guard and, and raise those children up that you entrust us with in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, giving them back to the Lord and teaching them the commands of Scripture. Lord, let us love the lost and point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us get in the way of their eternal separation from the Lord and tell them the old, old story of how Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later that they might be saved. Or maybe there's someone here this morning that doesn't know a Redeemer. They've heard the story of Jesus and heard the story of the cross, but they've never trusted in him personally. Maybe there's someone here today that would say, well, I know about God, but they couldn't say they know him personally. They don't speak with him in his word. They certainly have no personal relationship. I pray today would be the day when that all began. They would come to know Christ as the personal Savior. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask you this where you're at this morning. How many of you say, preacher, I, there was a time in my life when I trusted in him and I came to know the Lord as my Redeemer. Someone shared with me the good news of how Jesus died on the cross for me and rose again that I might be saved. And I've trusted in him. That's a settled thing for me. If that's your testimony, would you raise your hand? Just, just between you and I, Lord. Say, Preacher, I know that. Thank you. Let me put your hand down. Is there anybody here this morning who said, Preacher, I'm unsure about my eternity. I don't know where I'd spend it, but I want to know God. I want to put my trust in him. I want to know the one who died on the cross for me and rose again. I, I want to know him this morning. Preacher, would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that? You'd raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. Preacher, pray for me. Let me ask you this then, Christian. How many of you would say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart this morning. I, I don't know how. That may between, that's probably between you and the Lord. Maybe it's the shepherd to lean on or a, a home and comfort that God has given you in eternity. Whatever it is, you say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart this morning. Would you raise your hand as a testimony? And would you stand with me as that pianist begins to play? As God has spoken to your heart, the altar is open and an invitation is given. And maybe it's a matter of let me ask you this. Do you know Christ? I would encourage you, friend, don't live here, leave here. That verse I mentioned earlier, dying is not in your hands. One day you're leaving this world behind and there's no stopping it. It is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. You don't know when it's coming. 
Do you know the Lord? As God has spoken to your heart, do business with the Lord this morning. Set my 